Welcome to the Bear Marriage Podcast. I am Sheila Ray Gregoire from BearMarriage.com, where we like to talk about healthy, evidence-based biblical advice for your sex life and your marriage and your parenting. Yes. And I am joined for our special Brio Magazine pajama party uh, by my daughter, Rebecca Lindenbach. Hello, hello. And this is the final podcast of our 2022-2023 series. Season? Season? <laughs> Season, series, depends on which country you're in, I think. Yes, and uh, we're going to take a month off after this. Yay! Yay! And we'll be back in the middle of August, and on the blog I'll be posting some awesome um, other podcasts that I've been on. But for today, we've been planning this for a long time. Mm-hmm. We want to have a party to celebrate the launch of She Deserves Better because mm-hmm. um, it, it launched during this season of our podcast, our new book, which uh, where we uh, surveyed 7,000 women to find out how their experiences as teenagers in church affected them long term and what we can do better. Yeah. And as we're recording this, uh, I'm also working on edits for our free book study that's going to be coming out mm-hmm. for She Deserves Better. I'm working on those. Uh, so that's going to be coming out really soon. It's almost done. Yay. Um, so you can, yeah, if you want to take your small group through it in the fall, that's a, that's going to that's gonna be here. Yeah. But we just wanted to do something kind of fun to end off the season, something that uh, maybe ended us off with a little bit of levity. Yes. And because last week, which was super fun, I really listened. I really loved that one. We did Pride and Prejudice, uh, Jane Austen's advice on how to find a husband and what to look for in a husband, which was great. And then, yeah, we thought we would just, we, we instead of looking at awful things in the news or... <laughs> Honestly, we're just being teachers at the end of the school year. It's like, guys, it's June. And yeah. now it's July. Yeah. We're just going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to watch Finding Nemo <laughs> in history class. That's just, we're, this is what we're doing. We're going to have fun. We're going to do stuff everyone wants to do. It's going to be good. That's right. So I, we are in our pajamas. We are sitting on my couch in my living room. So we're not in our bedroom. I just, I couldn't go that far. I even like did, see, you actually did your hair all nice. I actually did my hair like how I sleep in it. I sleep with it in these little twists so that I don't get like the horrible bed head. Okay. Yes. But we are here. We have our, we have our She Deserves Better merch here. Mm-hmm. Our She Should Know merch. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll talk about those later. Um, but, you know, a large part of writing She Deserves Better for you was going back through Brio Magazine. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of like a time warp, time machine thing for you. Yes. And Brio was the flagship magazine aimed at teen girls, kind of ages, what, 13 to 15? Uh, it depends on what era of Brio you're talking about. Again, I know all the Brio lore here. Okay, uh-huh. so you had Brio Magazine which and Brio and Beyond. And at okay. one point, they merged okay so you used to have brio mag which is like for the younger girls like your junior high to early high school and then your brio and beyond was really for like your 15 16 and up mm-hmm. and it talked a lot about like and, and i think it was even marketed like up to like age 20 21 mm-hmm. so it was very different demographics okay. there but it was put up by focus on the family and we talked about it a lot in our book she deserves better we used a lot of quotes from it because it was so popular i think the when it was when it ended so at its lowest point i think it had a quarter of a million subscribers pretty good at its lowest point. And the other thing about Brio Magazine is that we found in our review that, frankly, girls do not read self-help books the same way that married women do. So Mm -hmm. doing a review for something like The Great Sex Rescue was just different, which is why we talked more about the flagship kind of foundational books. But Brio Magazine... Mm-hmm. That was exclusively read by teenage right. girls, and it was wildly popular. You're not going to find a deconstructionist like book mm-hmm. or blogger that doesn't at least have some passing mention of Brio Magazine. I, I have yet to find one. Brio Magazine was my uh, absolute obsession 
in grades seven through nine. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty safe to say. And I was I was around the time of Brio. Okay, like for any of my hardcore Brio girls, Brio sisses, I was around when Brio ended and moved over to Susie Mag. And I was part of the Susie Sisterhood. So if any of you were in the Susie Sisterhood forums, chances are we chatted because I was on it all the time because I was homeschooled and you would tell me to go upstairs and read St. Augustine's Confessions. And I'd be like, of course I'm going to. And then instead I'd go upstairs and be like, is too much eyeshadow against the Bible? Like that's, that's what happened. So if any of you were a Susie, uh, one of the Susie sisterhood, I genuinely want to know because some of those forms were wild, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but yeah, we, we wanted to talk about this kind of stuff. That's the era of Brio magazine that I was in. I was really in uh, from 2004 for no 2006 really mm-hmm. until uh yeah until it ended and then I I was with Susie's magazine for a couple of years then too right now um we do need to say Brio magazine shut down for a couple of years yeah it shut down for a while and then it came back in 2017 and since then both you and I wrote for it oh yeah it was <laughs> so, so funny full disclosure we both have articles in Brio we both have bylines in well the I thought Brio. that was such a funny yeah I, I wrote that back for back uh, years ago now mm-hmm. quite a while ago when you um, wrote your book why I didn't rebel yeah and I thought it was really funny that I kind of came full circle and ended up writing for Brio when I had spent so much time reading it yeah. and before we do this whole Brio deep dive, I do want to say that like reading through, I have read through so I've pretty much read through everything on the Wayback Machine that they have mm-hmm. on Brio Magazine because I was looking for specific articles that I remembered. I was looking for like really great uh, quotes for She Deserves Better, all that kind of stuff. A lot of the stuff is not bad, guys. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's get that out of the way. There's a reason that this ma- magazine was quite popular. Think about girls like me. You all at this point... You all know who I was in junior high, right? We've talked about the Your pants. rock collection. We've talked about the rock collection. We've talked about the kind of kid I was, okay? So you're picturing that kid who just really loves God and really wants to be a good Christian. And then along comes this magazine that not only has devotionals and Bible reading plans and prayer guides, but also teaches you how to do makeup and how to not carry a rock collection around with you in your giant uh, cargo pants, right? So like this was actually a really, really fun thing for me when I was mm-hmm. in junior high and high school. And even looking back now, there's a lot of things where it's like, would I say that with a little bit more nuance? Absolutely. But it absolutely does appeal to the very zealous nature of teenagehood. And I, I'm i not necessarily against that for everything. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of articles that I read in Brio where I was like, yeah, okay, that's it's a bit cringy, but like, yeah, I stand behind. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. I wouldn't, I would not be mad if my daughter, when she was 13, 14, was spending her time reading this. Yeah. We're not going to read those ones right now. <laughs> so we just want to say those exist. Mm-hmm. They do exist. And I would even say, I, there are certain years where I think that was the majority. Mm-hmm. There are certain years where it definitely wasn't. But like, for instance, I, there were so many nuanced discussions about mental health and depression. Like there were lots of things about how to get yourself out of a bad mood with lots of caveats about how, hey, by the way, if you can't get yourself out of a bad mood, if it's hurting your schoolwork, if it's hurting your relationships, like you need to see a counselor and this isn't just teenage blues. Like there's something bigger going on here. Like what's the difference between being sad and being depressed? Like there's a lot of that kind of stuff. It was really great. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, (laughs) then there was all the stuff that caused Brio to end up getting canceled because everyone stopped reading it. Yeah. 
there was a real shift in Brio. I mean, you can look at it if you if you start in the mid '90s um, and then you go into the mid aughts, you really see the progression of purity culture. Yeah, like a lot of the earlier, the really earlier stuff that I was reading, a lot of it's about missions, a lot of it's about outreach, and there definitely was still stuff about missions and outreach later. Um, but also, there was a lot more stuff about like what do you how do you write an admissions essay for college and then yeah a lot of like the fashion stuff and but yeah the stuff about the stuff that we're about to read um really seemed to hit its heyday between 2001 2002 and like two when until it ended in like 2007 2008 okay so you have been you have been collecting things from bria because this is what you did yeah for our research for she deserves better i read the books you read Brio. Well, I'd already read Brio. I knew what I was looking for. Yes. I have these things are seared in my memory. Yeah, so you were looking for specific articles. I was, I and I found them. <laughs> I am so proud of myself. I found them. That you remembered reading when you were 13, 14. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to start with? I want to start... <laughs> Now, okay, I have to be, I want to say, first of all, I do not know how old the person was who submitted this poem, because sometimes they did have teenagers submit things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I at, at this point, they're a grown woman. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go. There is a poem that was published in Brio magazine called Sex is Like a Gift Wrapped in Brown Paper. Okay, that um, kind of sounds like a porno magazine that people used to buy. Let's just read corner this. stores. Okay, uh, lay it on me. There's a beautiful gift inside this package. <laughs> Sorry, already. <laughs> package is just such a good... It's just... Anyway. <laughs> I'm just like... Some guy walks up to a girl in the bar. There's a gift in this package. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> There's a gift inside this package. It's wrapped for protection. I'm sorry, oh like a condom. I'm oh sorry. Okay, I genuinely had not read this like out loud yet. And this is all. Uh, I am really immature. Okay, here we go. It's wrapped for protection, tied for security, stamped, fragile, handle with care. Again, this could all just be a penis. Still. Right. That's fine. Anyway. Yes. It's easy to loosen the strings, to let anyone tear away the wrapping, to give the gift without commitment, offer it to the highest bidder, or to hand it out as the prize for a game. There's a gift wrapped inside this brown paper. It's for keeps, not to be exchanged. No deposit. Non-returnable. It's a surprise. What? Anyway. A happy treat to be opened by the person to whom it's addressed on the date marked forever. So this is typical of Brio mm-hmm. magazine. This mm-hmm. is why it gets picked on. First of all, okay, there's two reasons that for me this perfect perfectly encapsulates Brio magazine. First of all, is just the blatant innuendo that is completely missed. Right. <laughs> that entire first thing could just be some creepy guy at a bar hitting on a girl trying to be like, "Yeah, you want my penis?" Yeah. Like that. But, yeah, but absolutely. Again, to be fair, I am in a very very immature mood today. Okay. Um, but also just this whole emphasis on no deposit, non-returnable. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a happy treat to be opened. Like, y- your entire worth is your virginity that you're supposed to give away on your wedding day. Also, I mean, this, this is something that we talk about more with the Great Sex Rescue, but notice how sex is something which is framed as being separate from you and outside of you. Yes. So it is a gift that you give. And we, we have a podcast that we did on that a while ago, um, 
on on how sex is seen as transactional. So it's not an experience you have together. It's something that she gives and he takes. Yes, exactly. Um, and that is a problematic way of looking at sex. And I think that it also misses a lot of the... It, it, it misses so much. Mm-hmm. But first of all, what it really does is it takes this thing, which is an action that you do, and it completely encapsulates your whole identity. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, it is the epicenter of your faith it is the the thing and you're gonna see that that's a recurring theme Mm -hmm. surprising to no one who has read brio yes okay but i just that poem again it may have been written by a sweet innocent like i could have written this when i was 14 guys okay Mm -hmm. probably because i read stuff like this when i was 14 and if you read She Deserves Better, you will read Becca's cancer poem series. My can- yeah, I, to be clear, uh, I never had cancer. <laughs> no one in my family really in my lifetime got mm-hmm. cancer at that age. I just, uh, there was a portion there where I was really obsessed with cancer. To be clear, too, the reason that we're picking on this is because this was so formative. And it, it's not just the Brio magazine was formative. It's that it was both culture forming, but also culture informed. Yes. So, um Brio is typical of the way that teenage girls were talked to about sex. So as we're reading excerpts, you know, even if you were a teenager and you didn't read Brio, I think you're going to hear some themes. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, that was totally at that camp that I went to. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's because your 17-year-old camp counselor got Brio and beyond. Yeah, exactly. And and I think it just helps us understand, oh, that's where I got it from. Yeah, oh, and it's that on the makes family. a lot of sense. And everyone might be like, oh, well, do you know it was Brio? It was Focus on the Family. Brio magazine is put by Focus on the Family. Focus on the Family is like self-proclaimed the largest christian mm-hmm. like media group yeah this formed a culture yeah it really did okay what's so, next there was a segment called dear Susie. Susie schellenberger was the editor of brio and you could write into Susie, and she would answer your questions i will say i do not believe that most of these questions are real i mm-hmm. think the editors wrote them just some of them are the most unbelievable i could not believe a 2002 15 year old was writing that way but that's fine Here's a question. Dear Susie, I've been wondering for the longest time whether it's okay to kiss before you're married. My friends all think this is the way to find the right guy to marry, but I'm not convinced. Is it biblical to kiss before you're married? Right? Mm -hmm. This one I actually believe could be true, to be fair. To be fair. Okay. Then here's what Susie says. Lay it on me. I'm giving you my personal opinion on this. It's not from the Bible. First of all, I really, really respect that she says that. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's important to say that before my next reaction. Yes. I don't believe it's a sin to kiss someone you're in a relationship with and whom you care about deeply, but I also think way too many girls are giving their kisses away too freely. Think about it this way. Each time you kiss a guy, you give a little piece of yourself away. Does that make kissing wrong? No, but it does make your kisses extremely valuable. So be incredibly selective about whom you choose to kiss. Let God help you with this decision. He cares more about your kisses than you do. He may tell you that his plan for you doesn't include kissing right now. Kissing someone because it's fun or feels good or as a thank you at the end of a nice evening aren't good enough reasons to kiss. I genuinely don't know what the other reasons would be. <laughs> like this, is, I want you to know, okay. Like, you picture, like, 14-year-old Tiffany, 15-year-old Brayden coming back from a date. Brayden, we want to honor God in this. So I want you to know, this isn't fun for me. This doesn't feel good. And I'm not really appreciative of this date. So 
I'm going to kiss you anyway. Like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> if it's not fun, if it doesn't feel good, and you're not like, wow, we had a great time, and I want to express how great of a time. Like, what's the other option? But, okay, this whole obsession. No, 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 no. No, okay. no, no, no. Because I have stuff to say. Okay. Oh, you're gonna want you're gonna want to hear the Bible verses that she she gives these oh, girls. Oh, there's a Bible. Verse. Oh, there's always Bible verses. Okay. This is right. real. Yes. There's always Bible verses taken completely out of context. Mm-hmm. Here we go. You asked what the Bible has to say about kissing. It doesn't actually talk about your question. Although we're told to run from things that give us evil thoughts, and to wait until marriage for sex. And those are in brackets: First Timothy six eleven and First Thessalonians four one to eight. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 to 8, as she says, does not mention kissing at all. It's like right. sexual immorality. It's like, yo, don't rape each other. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, stop. Uh, anyway, here are some other verses considering sexual intimacy and temptation that will be helpful. Romans 6, 1 to 14. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Thessalonians 5, 22. And Hebrews 13, 4. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no, no temptation. temptation. Caesar, except a common to man. God is yeah. faithful who will not tempt you above what, that which you are able, but will with the temptation always provide a way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. Yes. Okay. Hebrews 13, 4 is... is uh, approach uh, the throne of grace? No. No, 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 no. No, no, Jesus, no, no 13, 6 is Jesus Christ's same life. Uh, Hebrews 13, 4. 13, 4. We could just look these up. We could. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Bible over there. (laughs) Oh, of course. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Okay. So there are you, little girl that wants to kiss. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then 1 Thessalonians uh, 5. What? I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Reject every kind of evil. That's the whole verse. <laughs> That's the whole verse. The whole verse she's quoting at this girl is reject every kind of evil. Okay. And by the way, this has nothing to do with sex. It says, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. She's quoting like the second half of a verse that's got nothing to do with sex. It's about prophecies and spirits. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. this is this is very typical of Brio, though, I'll say. Like, so she gives this whole, it's like, it's not in the Bible. But here are 18 Bible verses that are kind of related to a tangentially related topic, mm-hmm. except when they're not, but they're strong enough to make yeah. you feel convicted to do what I want you to do, even though there's not actually a biblical basis for it. That whole thing about how when you kiss, you get, leave pieces of yourself, you give away pieces of yourself. I... I, I picture this person, this rapidly shrinking girl, who like, yes. <laughs> you know, and this is this is a theme which Oop, we see. There goes my molar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a theme that we see throughout literature. To girls, is like you are gonna be you're you're missing pieces of yourself, and there's just no reason to teach girls that. And I I wonder what the impact of believing that, like I have left a piece of myself behind is if a girl then breaks up with someone. Yeah, the thing that really bothers me too is this idea that God cares about your kisses more than you do. So bring all, like, just talk to God about whether or not you should kiss this boy. Like, my, and I have nothing wrong with saying God cares about you. Obviously he does. I have nothing wrong with saying, hey, go to God if you have questions. Oh, yeah, that's, that's totally fine. But kissing is literally not really mentioned in the Bible in this context. Mm-hmm. Like there, because it's it's just kind of a non-issue. <laughs> like right. it really actually kind of is. And so when we take these things that are not really things that people are talking about in the Bible, even though they talk about kissing, mm-hmm. they talk about kissing throughout the Bible, but it's not like make sure not to kiss. Mm-hmm. And then we say things like you have to go to God with it, all these different things. There's just 
it's so guilt inducing because there's no way that you're ever just in the clear. Yeah. And this is what I see so often. You're going to see as you go through Brio, there's no way to ever just be in the clear. You can never just rest easy mm-hmm. knowing that you've done okay. Yeah. Because if you pray about it, so say you're 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 at, on a date and unexpectedly it goes amazingly well and you're like, oh my gosh, you think he's going to kiss me and then he kisses you and you haven't prayed about it. Right. Now you haven't gone to God. Mm-hmm. You haven't talked about this with God. And God cares about this more than you do. And now you just disappointed God. And then what happens if you break up? Mm-hmm. Right? Now you've kissed this boy. Like, it, it's just so much unnecessary guilt and stress and worry when this is just kind of a part of being a kid for a lot of people. And then, to be clear, I was actually very fine with kissing when I was in high school. And I just never did. Yeah. Um, like, there were a lot of moments where I thought I might kiss someone, then I was like, nah, I don't really feel like I want to. But, like, Connor ended up being the only person I've ever actually kissed. So, I am the ultimate Brio girl, okay? Like, I am the platonic ideal of kissing. Because I've only kissed one dude. That, actually, that's not true, because I kissed my first date. And I think Susie doesn't like that. Right. So, I, I am close. I am a slightly not okay Brio kissing girl. Okay, but I've only kissed one person my entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's him. But, like, kissing was never a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't feel like he had less of me if I kissed other people. Like, I don't even know how many girls he's kissed. And I don't care. Yeah, It has literally never bothered me, mm-hmm. even though I grew up with this stuff. And I think a lot of this emphasis on things like kissing is what gives it its power. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I, I when when I was in high school, everybody kissed. Well, and everybody I don't, does kiss. I don't honestly know how many guys I kissed as a teenager. I would have to sit down and seriously think about it. And, and that just feels weird to do. Yeah, and I because it doesn't matter to no. me. And your dad, the same way, like he, bunch of girls as well. It was never a big deal. And it, yeah. it, it, it just, that's the way things were in the 80s. Um, well, and it is the way that things are now, too, for yeah, the most and part. I don't, and just, I, I do want to say, I understand that some people take... You, know, you really do want to save that kiss for the wedding. And if that is a conviction that you have... Yeah, go for it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And for many people, they find it helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's between you and God. I really yeah, do. I will say personally, I'm okay personally, I, I get major concerns about that because I think that there are things mm-hmm. that you can learn from very... Yeah. Uh, basic and safe forms of intimacy that are important to know before you're married. Yeah, actually, um, we did write a, bo- a blog and I think, post about that. Yeah, and I think that having someone, and quite frankly, from how many stories we've heard from people who marry people who end up having completely zero sexual connection and mm-hmm. attraction to each other, someone finding it easy to not kiss you before you are married is a major red flag. Yes. And yes. you finding it easy not to kiss someone before you are married is a major red flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yes. guys, there should be sparks. Yes. Right? Um, but we also know some people who had a lot of sexual history and a lot of uh, things happen where they were like, no, it's actually really important to me that you prove that you can keep yourself completely off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that really worked. And I was like, hey, hey, yeah, uh, do what works for you. But I'm not, I'm, I'm concerned about this whole idea where it's like, this is such a heavy topic that you need to make sure that God is okay with what you are doing when mm-hmm. it's just a part of growing up for most people. And it's, there's not risks involved, guys. Not yeah. really. Yeah. And kissing does not lead to sex for most, the vast majority no, of people. hugging like. leads to sex just as much as kissing does. Yeah. <laughs> like snuggling while you watch a movie, like yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so on that same topic of making things way more spiritual than they need to be, okay. and so heaping guilt on people, mm-hmm. okay, 
Uh, this is from an article that we actually do quote this and she deserves better. Yes. So uh, if anyone hasn't read the book yet, this will be new to you. But if you have read the book, you will have heard this one. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But it's just so good. We had to share it twice. This is called You Won't Like This. But if you decide to read it anyway, don't say you weren't warned. Okay, we're ready for hot takes, Susie Okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so Susie's talking here about the emails that she gets from girls who read Brio magazine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she says this. Okay, Brio Sisses, this is where you can toss your magazine across the room and scream, that Susie doesn't have a clue. Go ahead. It's okay. I'll wait here till you come back. I hope you're ready to continue because I'm not finished. What are we really talking about here? Well, in a nutshell, absolute truth and personal holiness. With all the lies and trash the media tosses your way, it's really, really easy to rationalize, to make excuses for things that are really wrong and try to talk yourself into believing they're okay. Such as, and then she lists a bunch of things like cheating on a test, watching movies and TV shows that highlight sin, cursing or even using off-color language, using little white lies and making out. And then she says, as long as I'm not actually having intercourse, everything's okay wrong do you think intercourse outside of marriage is the only sexual sin in the world Mm -hmm. so then she says this so why am i getting so much mail from you saying i can make out with my boyfriend i can sleep next to him i can drink i can use bad language and i'm still a christian give me a break you're being deceived someone may say i'm a christian i'm on my way to heaven i belong to christ but if he doesn't do what christ tells him to he is a liar first john 2 4 does christ tell you to make out with your boyfriend or drink alcohol duh so here's the thing. <laughs> One of these things it's is not, not like, like the, the other, other, right? Like, even no matter what you think about any of the other things she mentioned there, mm-hmm. making out with or kissing your boyfriend is not the same as cheating on a test or underage drinking or experimenting with drugs. But she's saying you are a liar. You are not a Christian yes. because you are making it with your boyfriend. And this, it's so it's ridiculous. 2000, right? This was 2000. And she was already saying that stuff. Yeah. So anyway, and I know for some of our international audience, the definition of making out can be can be like is is different in different countries. It's different. It's different even in Belleville, like where I was raised. Like different churches define making out differently. But like I wouldn't say making out includes anything other than kissing necessarily. I wouldn't say that it includes like like feeling under her shirt or feeling. I'll be making out and groping. Yeah. Like, but like either way though, it's like. This is such a convoluted uh, phrase Mm -hmm. that this is the problem is what what often happens because evangelicals uh, are so not comfortable with using actual terminology. This is Mm -hmm. what happened. Maybe we should talk about. Yeah, let's do. Let's Let's do do that that one one next. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. This one was also in She Deserves Better. But it's just so embarrassing for me that I like to share it. Yeah, because it's so funny. So what happens is evangelicals like to use spiritual language and like euphemisms Euphemisms. Mm -hmm. instead of actually saying the right thing. So we're going to give you an an example that we're going to talk about how the two of them are combined. Okay. Okay. So there was this was one of the ones I went on the Wayback Machine. I was like, I have to find this because I remember this this was like a horror memory for me so there was an article called dear jessica so -hmm. first of all it's a letter called dear jessica so i have no idea what i'm getting into as a 12 year old reading this so again picture rebecca and her rock collection cargo pants yeah this is this is like pre-braces rebecca Mm -hmm. this is no this is during headgear rebecca okay But it's written from the perspective of an older sister giving advice to a younger sister about the regrets that she has. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a couple paragraphs here. Dear Jessica, 
This is the most difficult letter I've ever had to write. I considered keeping my secret, not wanting to tell you, my little sister, what I've done. Then I realized how much I love you and how important it is to keep you from making the same mistake I did. Ever since you were a baby, my first instinct has been to protect you, and so I send you this letter. You've heard the old saying, ignorance is bliss. Well, I'm here to tell you it ain't so. What is so is the verse, be sure your sins will find you out, Numbers thirty-two twenty-three. This verse pops up a lot in Brio, by mm-hmm. the way. That's right on target. I guess by growing up in a Christian family and going to a Christian school, we were spared the crash course on certain facts of life. Oh, mom warned us not to let guys touch us in what she termed private areas, but when she'd leave the room, we'd laugh at her ideas, never really understanding the importance of her words. I sure wish I'd listened to her because last semester I made a discovery that has changed my life. I learned that you don't have to lose your virginity to contract a sexually transmitted infection. Surprised? Yeah, I was too. I can hardly believe it, Jessica, but I have genital herpes. If I, a 23, sorry, this is just so melodramatic and unbelievable. If I, a 23-year-old pre-med student, was unaware that there was danger in fooling around with a guy, what about my 15-year-old sister? I never want something like this to happen to you, Jessica. It's worse than you can possibly imagine. You're probably frowning about now, wondering what gives. After all, I'm still a virgin. You remember Brad, the guy I was dating last year? We went to church together. We prayed together. But dot, dot, dot. We also fooled around together. (laughs) I will regret those actions for the rest of my life. Oh, we never actually had sexual intercourse. I was in junior high when I made a commitment to remain a virgin until marriage. I love that throwaway line. I'm sorry. Just we didn't have intercourse. I made a purity pledge when I was in junior high. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just such an unnecessary throwaway, and I love it. The letter continues about how horrified she is, how she has these genital warts, everything's horrible, it's so unfair, she was a virgin, this should never have happened to her, but they, and they use words like, we fooled around, uh, I'm still a virgin, and then she says things like, uh, will my future husband still want me, knowing he will not only share my life, but also my herpes, all these kinds of things, and then at the end they say this, I'm so ashamed I could crawl into a hole, but there's no way I can let my shame and embarrassment stop me from begging you to commit to true sexual purity. This doesn't simply mean virginity, but a pure lifestyle. Avoid skin-to-skin or oral sexual conduct like the plague, Jesse, because that's exactly what it adds up to. A plague. Stay pure, little sister. Okay, I need to say something You need the sign-off. No, I I need to say something about what you just said. When we were recording the audio for this book... Rebecca had to read that oh line my gosh, plague. 20 times because she cannot say the word plague. Did it's I say like, plague? Is that weird? No, you said plague. Like, I said plague. Is, well, now you're saying it because I, I don't know. You, the first time you said it, you said plague. <laughs> it's like it's like Benedict Cumberbatch's penguins. The penguins. The penguins. The guy recording couldn't stop laughing yeah. either. So, anyway, so this signs off in the, the best, most brio way okay. ever, okay? Yeah. Stay pure, little sister. Share my love, not my regrets. Okay. So so let's just go over what she said. She said, um, any skin-to-skin or yeah. oral sexual contact. Yeah. And and here's the and at the end of the magazine, they have like uh, four myths about STIs. And they do get into like more detail there. You don't have to go all the way sexually to contract an STI. The soft, moist skin in the mouth and genital areas are perfect breeding grounds for many dangerous viruses. Skin-to-skin contact in those areas is all that's necessary to pass the virus from person to person, okay? Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. Mm -hmm. I 
had the same sex education <laughs> as most evangelical Christians in this time because we did the family life one. Passport Where purity. I still have Dennis Rainey's voice in my head explaining what sex is. Like, that's the only thing I remember. And I remember just thinking, so the woman just lies there and he just puts it in and then it's done. And yes. that's how much sex that I really kind of had at this point because I hadn't figured it out yet, really. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this Brio stuff where they keep on talking about things like, they called everything sexual contact. They yeah, called well, kiss, making kissing out sexual means contact. that you're not a Christian. Yeah, because you're not pure. And sexual purity is about more than just sex. So every form of touching is sexual contact. Right. And so I've just read this whole letter, and I'm 12. I'm not then going to read the WebMD short facts afterward <laughs> because, of course, yeah. I'm not. They are marketing this to junior high girls, and then they mm-hmm. have this like not as fun thing afterwards to read. And even that, it's not like. And there's nothing about what does and doesn't get you yeah, it's not. Yeah, if if your mouth touches his penis or scrotum. Yeah. Or if, yeah, like that. No, they say private areas. So I thought that if a guy touched your boobs mm-hmm. or if you kissed someone, you'd get genital herpes. Right. And they didn't explain that oral herpes and, and genital herpes are different. And also the whole uh, focus on how awful it was, how mm-hmm. terrible it is, how this is, she's, I'm picturing this woman like covered in warts like mm-hmm. a witch out of a Shakespeare play. Like now we, and we do uh, like, we don't mean to downplay the reality of how difficult it is no, to live with. Absolutely. Absolutely not. But like, I know a lot of people with herpes. Yeah. It is not a life-ending diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and they even have in here, like, how many people, like, one out of five people over the age of 12 has genital herpes in the United States. Yeah. We're really saying that 20% of the population is permanently, constantly in pain and mm-hmm. crippled because of this thing. It's like, we have to recognize the both and. We're like, we have to, yes, educate our kids, but we have to actually educate them. Because mm-hmm. I read this at age 12, and I was like, okay. So, if I kiss a boy for too long, I'm going to get genital warts. <laughs> That's actually yeah. what was going on in my head. Yes. So that, And this is the problem with using euphemisms instead of actually giving information. And remember that at the same time as they're saying this, the other books and Brio Magazine itself, Marketed Teenage Girls, is telling them how condoms don't work. Yeah, and so here's here's what I remember. Here, a person with herpes is contagious not only when the virus is awake and blisters pop out, but also just before symptoms occur. During that time, the hi- herpes virus is very easily passed to someone else through skin-to-skin contact. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say with the genitals. Yeah, it just says so skin So I skin. thought you hold hands, you kiss, you like hug mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. with herpes, <laughs> and then boom! <laughs> <laughs> herpes like anyway this is this is the whole situation is you read that previous article that we talked about where like she's saying then how is it that you girls are saying well i can make out with my boyfriend i'm still a christian no Mm -hmm. you're not sexually pure and then here it says any skin to skin contact any oral sexual contact what do i think oral sexual contact is i think it's kissing Mm -hmm. brio magazine started like here's how you have horrible sex like they're not telling us about that they're not like you know like they're not like what's the difference between fellatio and cunnilingus what does it mean like they're not doing that they're like you might die (laughs) like that's about the context that i've gotten and again remember that in the broader context too like uh dana gresh in her book and the bride wore white talks about how there's 13 steps to putting on a condom and how they don't they really don't work and it's like actually uh, first of all we can't figure out what those 13 steps are like, oh no no we did find them they are they're like they're in this really weird bizarre website and it's things like find a condom <laughs> <laughs> open the condom 
Take the condom out of the wrapper. <laughs> Inspect the condom to make sure it's a condom and not a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all stuff like, it's like if you had yeah. instructions for breathing and it's like, release the air from your lungs. <laughs> Yeah. Begin to tense and tense the intercostal muscles, causing a vacuum to form in yeah. your lungs. Yeah. Allow air to fill that vacuum. Like <laughs> it's like there are not thirteen steps to using a condom. It's like mm-hmm. use condom. Yeah. <laughs> One step. Okay, yeah. guys. Like yeah. try not to open it with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> but and condoms are actually remarkably effective. Like no, they're yeah. not a hundred percent. And and it is important to tell kids that. But when we scare kids by saying these don't work then kids are less likely to use them. Well, especially when they say they don't work, even when people use them, and they don't tell people what that means. That What that mm-hmm. means is someone says, they, they answer a survey, and they say, what's your primary form of birth control? And they say, oh, condoms. Did yeah. you use a condom last time you had sex? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, when a condom is physically on a penis for the entirety of the sexual act, it's like 90-something ridiculously yeah. high percent effective. Yeah. It's like the 87% number comes from like, well, I mean, I did it once, and then we were like, maybe we should use a condom this time. And then <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, okay. And so then we had sex twice in a day, and one time we used a condom, and one time we didn't. So we're probably good. Like, and sorry, I'm not trying to make light. I do know that condoms genuinely just break sometimes yeah absolutely but they are remarkably like like there's tons of people i mean we use them as our birth form of birth control for like several years and i need to say i'm you know and i'm i'm super super fertile i know there's people that struggle with that but that is we not tried to get pregnant five times and we got pregnant four of them yeah you know and then miscarriage and and then we lost a son and yeah. i have two living daughters so and yeah. yet we used we never got pregnant when we were on condoms yeah when we no. were using condoms so you know they are remarkably effective. So, yeah, and, and and that's that's kind of a, a bias. Uh, this is a pattern that we see throughout Brio, throughout a lot of these 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 uh, resources for kids and for teenagers. Is instead of sex education, and what I love about this one is she even said we didn't get the sex education, so I'm giving it to you now. Mm-hmm. And then she doesn't actually give it. Yeah, mm-hmm. she just gives fear, and that's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't actually teach you anything. Mm-hmm. They just teach you to be afraid of it. And I want to say, too, just a reminder that in our survey of 7,000 women, for She Deserves Better, we did find there was no downside to sex ed. Yeah. Like, the more terms people knew when they graduated high school, the better they did. So, And I think Conolingus was even one of the ones yeah, that we tested, or fellatio and... We did both of them, because yeah. we wanted to see if they know fellatio versus Conolingus, I believe. Yeah. Um, and different body parts. And honestly, the more terms girls knew, the less likely they were to have multiple sex partners, the higher their self-esteem. Like, there was no downside. And so, you know, teaching kids honest-to-goodness sex ed is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, while Becca is looking for the next article... Wait, can- should we... Uh, yeah, yeah, you look for that, you talk about Okay, that. let me be Vanna for a minute. So we have some awesome merch, um, based Based on she deserves better in our store so i am holding up um uh one of our pillows our bed pillows which would look awesome on your daughter's bed and it is a bunch of different she should know um sayings from our book she deserves better so, so things like she should know that compliance does not equal consent that <laughs> that not all churches will try to keep her small the girls don't talk too much the disagreement is not rebellion that she isn't more likely to be deceived um and then there's more on the flip side too that jesus is not a jealous boyfriend that god is not a husband vending machine that uh, her feelings should not be ignored that breaking up isn't a sin the truth should not be sacrificed for peace and so many more so you can take a look um, at that and we also have journals we have journals of those she should know um, bubbles uh, that you can get for your daughter or for yourself and we also have uh 
other forms like this hardcover one where all the shisha knows are written out um, as opposed to just being bubbles. So take a look at our journals and notebooks, our pillows, and we have some limited edition merch just for the summer. We have beach towels. So we have beach towels of all of our she should know sayings um, that you can take. It's either in the bubbles or the list forms of all of our she should knows. And we also have uh, the beach towel in our um, biblical womanhood mm-hmm. uh, design too. So go check that out at the store and I will put the links in um, in the podcast notes. And when you buy merch from our store, it helps pr- uh, helps us produce this podcast and do, do the blog and everything else that's lovely. So yeah, I'll always appreciate your business there. Okay, did you find something else for us? I found I found the last point that we're going to talk about because we're running out of time. Okay. It's a larger point. Okay. Here's what makes me so frustrated. This, there's this one little line that I found that perfectly encapsulates how Brio Magazine impacted me as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it's here in this, in this cute little article about back-to-school outfits and stuff. And it's not even really, like, there's not, like, this is an earlier one, so there's not really any modesty discussion necessarily in this one. It's literally just cute back to school. It's the most Y2K, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, like, kids today would probably be, like, absolutely losing their minds over this fashion, because I don't understand why you guys all thought that Y2K needed to come back, but you've all decided that needs to come back, and (laughs) it's terrible, but that's fine. Um, I'm officially old. That's all I'm going to say. But at the very end of this really, really cute thing about how, like, hey, like, express yourself, like, have fun, you get to have fun, it's girly and fun, blah, blah, blah. They say this. And no matter how creative you get with your own style, always remember the creator and give him glory with what you wear. Right. And again, like on the surface, nothing necessarily wrong with that. Except it adds guilt once again. It's like, why did you need to? Why yeah, what does mind? that mean? And, and this is what well, we exactly. said and She Deserves Better. There is no righteousness aisle at Target. Like, what does it mean to dress like oh man i love your outfit thanks i prayed really hard about it like yeah (laughs) what does that mean and again it's just one Mm -hmm. of those things it's like you're still not measuring up it's like and then you build up her self-esteem a little bit and you just cut her off at the knees again Mm -hmm. and this happens again and again and again because as girls are reading brio magazine what they're really reading is if you don't get in line you're going to be discarded yeah over and over again we read yeah you're technically allowed to kiss but also remember to reject all kinds of evil and because so you your really sin will find out, you out because yeah, your sin will find you out so you figure out what you should do with that i'm not going to tell you but mm-hmm. you figure out what you think god really wants you to do you know we're told things like you might think that this is okay but look at all these liars and cheats and drug users and alcoholics and you kissing the boy you love <laughs> like and all of you are in the same boat in god's eyes even though like one of them just genuinely no matter where you fall on the other ones we all kind of agree kissing when you're 16 years old is just a thing that people do it's not a big Mm -hmm. deal there's so much in here where everything that they give you is a backhanded compliment everything that they say to you is double speak because what they're doing is they're saying god loves you so much because you're currently doing okay but if you don't do okay i mean he'll still have to love you because he's Mm -hmm. god but mm, it was easier before and that's what Brio Magazine was. And so when we read the stuff that they tell us about boys, 
Mm-hmm. And how boys think it gets even worse because here's the thing is we are told that as girls, we are, oh, we're God's princess. God loves you. You're his princess. Don't you know that you're God's princess? He's the king and you're the princess and he loves you. You're little pure princess. You are a pure, pure little virgin princess. You're his pretty little pure virgin. You're a virgin of the king. You're a, vir- a princess, a princess of the king. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're more than your virginity, you little virgin. Princess. <laughs> Like, and this is what we hear over and over again. And so then we get messages like this about how boys are from this article called Straight from a Guy. I'm going to read you uh, one section from this article from this guy who's, who's been hired by Brio to write an article to tell girls how guys really think. Okay. okay. This is titled, the, the subheading is The Truth. <laughs> Can I be honest? I mean, really, really honest. Like from a guy to a girl, honest. Don't get mad, okay? I'm going to give it to you straight. Here goes. Just as a lion would be tempted to attack someone wearing sausages, it's the same to guys when girls wear things designed to arouse certain instincts and attention in males. Okay, go ahead and get mad. I know you want to, but you said I could be honest, remember? So often, girls wear clothing that is tight, low-necked, or short-skirted and expect guys not to react the way God designed them. Listen, Briosises, when you wear revealing clothes that show a little extra this or a little extra that, it brings one thing and one thing only to a guy's mind. Sex. That's how God wired us. That's not to say we don't have a responsibility to live self-controlled, pure lives, but a lion is a lion and a guy is a guy. I don't care who he is. So help us out. I was the most godly young man a parent could ask for. I was truly head over heels in love with my Lord and Savior. I prayed at least an hour every day, read and studied my Bible, and felt I was being used by God in my school and community. But I was still a lousy example of what God wanted me to be in my dating life. Give me an inch, and I'd see it as an invitation to go a mile. I was 28 when I got married, and God helped me remain a virgin. The woman I married, Jenny, was also a virgin. And though 28 years was a long time for me to wait, I've got to tell you that Jenny was certainly worth it. Wow. So yeah, so he's saying here that he'd have girls who would like be like, yeah, let's kiss, and then he'd go farther. Yeah, that, I, that, that line gives so me an disgusting. inch, and I would see it as an invitation to take a mile. Let, let's not use the euphemisms, and let's no. spell out what he's saying. If a girl let me kiss her, I would go beyond her boundaries. And the definition of going beyond a girl's boundaries is sexual assault. And I really think that part of the problem is because we weren't allowed to talk about sex or sexual desire or the actual experience of sex, we talked so much. And I know because I was raised in this, right? Mm -hmm. Like I actually was the one who was raised in this. I had so much knowledge about sexual boundaries and I had zero knowledge about what it felt like to approach those boundaries. Mm-hmm. There was no discussion of arousal. There was no discussion of like, how does it, I heard it's like, oh, well, you get carried away. It's like, well, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. I was a 14 year old, never kissed anyone before. Right. Right. Like, I still thought that holding hands was like, woohoo, that's PG. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, and so, and I think that what happens is there's people, people conflate a couple who are both like, like, okay, think about like going for, The tea consent example is just great. I'm going to kind of do a different version of it. If you're going, if you're out for dinner with a friend and you're both like, we shouldn't get the chocolate cake. We really shouldn't. But should we though? No, we shouldn't get the chocolate cake. (laughs) No, we shouldn't. Well, I'll get the chocolate cake if you get the chocolate cake. I need to get the chocolate Okay, let's get the chocolate cake. And yeah. both of you went there being like, we aren't going to get the chocolate cake. We're on a budget. Right. We shouldn't splurge. And then you end up splurging anyway. And then later you go home and like, man, we shouldn't have gotten the chocolate cake. I forgot I'm lactose intolerant. Now I'm having diarrhea. Right? right. That's <laughs> yeah. that's different than then going to the 
going to the store and, and me going and going to a friend saying, hey, I only have $20. Mm-hmm. I can't get more than dinner. Mm-hmm. And then someone being like, well, you're getting the chocolate cake mm-hmm. and ordering it for you and putting you in a really awkward position. Like, that's the difference between two people mm-hmm. being like, should we? No, we shouldn't. No, right. but we should. Like, go, like kind of mm-hmm. goading each other on and both going somewhere that you both kind of actually wanted to go in the moment. And that's different mm-hmm. than one person wanting to go there and dragging the other along. Yeah. And but what he is describing in this article, and again, we talk about this and she deserves better because I was so horrified by this one when you showed it to me. But he is describing non-consent throughout this entire thing. He's saying a lion can't help but attack. So he's he's describing a predatory prey behavior. He is not describing two lions suddenly hugging (laughs) or going at it. You know, he is describing predator and prey. Yeah. And so he is, she is prey and he is a predator and that is their nature. And it doesn't matter that he prays an hour a day and he knows his scriptures and he volunteers at church. He is still a predator because that is his nature. That is how God made him. And if she gave him an inch, he would take a mile, which means he would go past her boundaries, which is the definition of sexual assault. Because remember, sexual assault does not necessarily mean that you have intercourse. It's just doing something sexual that she did not want. And that is what he is describing and then he is so proud of himself that he made it as a virgin at 28 and then he brags about what a good lay his wife is i know let's be clear here that's what he's doing like i was a virgin until i was 28 now like bam yeah but but again disgusting again i would so much rather that my kids marry someone who isn't a virgin than that they marry someone who if you gave an inch they took a mile yeah and thinks he's still living a pure life because like well my penis hasn't gone in her yet like yeah that's that's Mm -hmm. what we're talking about i'm sorry to be crass but that's what we're talking about here yeah that's because i was around these guys i knew all these guys okay Mm -hmm. that's what it means like well you know like i'm trying so hard i'm giving into temptation but like i'm still a virgin all it means is i haven't put it in her yeah i may have done things to her she didn't want to have done yeah i may have touched her in places she didn't want to get touched i may have made her touch me in places that she didn't want to touch me but because i still have not had my penis inside of a vagina i'm pure yeah and that's the problem of focusing on purity instead of consent and the other thing that they do here is they make it the girl's responsibility yeah and there's a lot of discussion and things like this about how like I tried I prayed so hard it's just so hard for guys help us out and what this has done is it's for those of us who are raised in this particular subculture what happened for a lot of us is that we didn't have any information about what sex was actually like again I figured it out pretty well actually by 15 because I was in public school for science class Mm -hmm. and we studied human human reproduction in grade 10 and so i was like oh well this makes total sense Mm -hmm. then everything totally just made sense but i i had figured all this out by age 15 but like even uh, but for a lot of people who didn't have that experience especially since ontario actually does teach about this stuff and a lot of places don't you know you're taught all this fear you're taught you have to be afraid there's there's diseases and unplanned pregnancies and loss of reputation and you'll never get married and you'll never have babies and you might even die at every corner and if you touch someone even if they don't think they have an STI you might you might get one and all these different (laughs) things and we're just pounded into our head this fear about the physical ramifications and then we're pounded into our heads the spiritual ramifications of how can you even call yourself a Christian like yeah you're going to hell Mm -hmm. um all this stuff about things that are not in the Bible and Brio magazine itself has claimed are not in the Bible and are not biblical but 
And then is also willing to say, you are going to hell because of this. And then they also hammer into you that you are responsible for him not going to hell. Yeah, absolutely. And then every single thing, even the things that aren't about sex. Like, we are told by Dana and Bob Gresh all over this whole thing that, you know... Uh, Who wrote for Brio quite a bit. Yeah, and we're not going to go into them because we've talked about them in the modesty so much. But the uh, in our modesty podcast, I mean, sorry, like our episodes about modesty. If you are interested in hearing about the Bob and Dana Gresh stuff from Brio, you can just go listen to those podcasts. Yeah, they were the one who called the eight-year-old bellies intoxicated. Yeah, but we were told all over there that, you know, our responsibility is to make sure that we're honoring God with our clothing by making sure men don't stumble. And again, we're sort of talking to prepubescent children in mm-hmm. their materials. And then and then that one little throwaway line, which was, I know it seems so minor, but no matter how creative you get with your wardrobe, make sure to give glory to the creator. Like these little lines all throughout it, everywhere. It just meant that you never got to enjoy just being a little girl. Yeah. And... Okay, I'm actually going to get emotional. Goodness gracious. I'm someone who was raised in such an amazing family and had such an amazing experience in high school. And I got to do all the fun stuff, like just going on dates to see if it would work out. And I had... You know, the the excitement of crushes and, you know, unrequited love and all that stuff. I had the best case scenario. I was never misused. I, again, I've only ever even had one man kiss me and it was an amazing one. But like, I will say that like any, all the women who are listening who are on, you know, TikTok or anything or you've all seen all the stuff about Taylor Swift's new songs, right? Like the would have, could have, should have song. That line about give me back my girlhood. Yeah. It was mine first. Like, I know she's talking about it from a relationship perspective, but for me personally, there's just so much there where I'm like, I was so in love with God and I so just wanted to please him. And I escaped so much of the damage. But I do think a really big part that I lost was just the ability to enjoy girlhood. Like, I lost so much of that. Like, I never just got to feel pretty and don't have to worry about if this was the right boy to hold hands with. And again, I'm not talking about stuff that's actually bad. Like, every aspect of your life is so, like, enwrapped in this spiritual guilt of did I do enough? Did I pray enough? Did I read my Bible enough? Did I, is God mad at me yet? Is he mad at me yet? Is he mad at me yet? And a lot of it is because girls in the Brio magazine world, in the focus on the family world, in the evangelical world, girls are, they are the sacrificial lamb for boys. (laughs) You know, we are we are we are taught that our job is to make sure that life is easier for men so that boys can have their boyhood. We will sacrifice your girlhood. That's just the main thing that when I look at what my daughter is going to have, I just want her to be able to have her girlhood, but not a naive one. Because mm-hmm. the weird thing is, is this same people are so obsessed with keeping girls children but girlhood is about a lot more than just being naive and a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Dana Gresh has this whole how to keep the little in your girl. And it's a creepy. Mm-hmm. It, it's genuinely a creepy. It's it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've read excerpts of it. So I don't know the whole book, but the excerpts I've read are very creepy. Yeah. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about wanting innocence and child. I actually want more information for Vivian. Uh, I, I want her to know more than I did. Sorry, mom. Uh, I, <laughs> I want her to know more than you did too. Yeah, exactly. I want her to know more than I did. I want her to experience... Um, and I don't even want her to necessarily kiss anyone. <laughs> like, I don't, it's not that I want these things. I just, I want her to be able to experience being young without that feeling like a failure. Yeah. And I think that's what things like Brio did to us, is it pathologized our development in a way that just encouraged self-hatred. That was completely, that we were just in completely incapable of combating. Because... I, I remember so often being having that, that verse from Paul quoted at us, you know, what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And thinking about all the things that, that rang true for me about and looking back on it as a fully grown woman, I'm like, yeah, that was just puberty. Mm-hmm. It was just puberty. That was it. Mm-hmm. I really think that we need to grapple with that, that we, we took a whole generation of girls and we said, you don't really get a girlhood because that's too hard for the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And we can do better. Yeah. We, we can need, do better. We need to do better. Yeah. So, and also a little bit more sex education would cause fewer poems like that. First <laughs> one we read to be just explicitly yes. euphemistic without yes, really knowing. Absolutely. And you know, I want to say too, I was the one who paid for your subscription to Brio magazine. And that was largely because I trusted focus on the family. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I guess what I've realized is we can't trust the evangelical machine right now. No. They've hurt too many people. And so I hope that you will all read She Deserves Better this summer if you haven't already. Um, and just realize we need, to, we need to know what our kids are being taught. Yeah. And we need to demand better. All of us need to demand better because there's been too much hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's time to get to just laugh again and enjoy yes. life again and not always feel like we're messing up and, and making God unhappy because he delights in us. Yeah. And you know what? I think that if I had kissed the awkward dudes that I'm very glad now that I actually didn't kiss, uh, I think God would have just laughed at the humor of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have been disappointed in me. Yep. Exactly. And so please, as I said, read She Deserves Better. Please have a wonderful summer. Yes. As we take these four weeks off. Uh, again, we will be putting podcasts up on the blog where I have been a guest on other people's podcasts that I, I just want to highlight because there's been some really fun ones. I think I've been on like a 100 since She Deserves yeah. Better came out. And sometimes I say almost the same thing, but every now and then we get into really different conversations that are that are interesting. And also when you're when you listen to a podcast that I'm on of someone else's, you'll hear a synopsis of the entire book in one podcast. Whereas what we tend to do on Bare Marriage is we take a small slice of the book and we do an hour on it, but you don't always get the entire picture of the book. So yeah. it's kind of fun to listen to some of those. Um, remember that they, we do have some limited edition beach towels in our store. Uh, we do have these wonderful She Should Know pillows and notebooks. I will read another one of the bubbles because this one's brought to you by folks on the family. This is a quote. She should know that she is not a walking temptation. 
education to be used by Satan. Yep. That and is- don't worry, although we are very pro-sex education, the definitions of fellatio and cunnilingus are not on this pillow. No, they are not. Um, so <laughs> so uh, take a look at our merch, and we will be back in the, in the, uh, for a new season, for our 2023 to 24 season, starting, I think, August 17th is our, is our first day back. And in that first month, I think we're going to have um, an interview with Shannon Bond, who is uh, Josh Harris's ex-wife, talking about her new book, The Woman They Wanted Me to Be. Is that what it's called? The Woman They Wanted. The Woman They Wanted. That's right. About what it was like for her. Yes, I'm currently reading her book. Okay, so I'm really looking forward to that. So you can you can help me with that interview. Yeah, maybe. got an advanced copy. Yeah, we have some fun interviews coming up. We have some research we're going to go over about whether complimentarian complementarians honestly do have better marriages because there's been a lot of those uh, claims going around right now and we want we want to address what the data actually says and so much more so we'll be back mid-august but have a wonderful summer and we will see you then on the bear marriage podcast <laughs> bye